The Master Debaters, Part 1, The Federal Chronicles Review of the First Trump-Biden Brawl. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Fisk, discuss the first presidential debate between incumbent Donald Trump versus former VP and challenger Joe Biden versus moderator Chris Wallace from Fox News. Besides the people who didn't watch this undisputed disaster, who actually won the debate? Did either of these two convince viewers that they were the best septuagenarians for the job? Or did they alienate their base and undecided voters at the same time? Or did this event actually do more harm than good and made a case for voters to choose a third-party candidate this time, like former Fedora Chronicles guest and libertarian candidate Dr. Joe Jorgensen or Howie Hawkins? Or would we all be better off if the great Yellowstone Caldera erupted and ended 2020 early for all of us? And what does Rosemont Seneca Thornton have to do with this election anyway? But first, Jay and I discuss the outrageous claims by a congresswoman's sycophantic fan about the Fedora Chronicles. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind-the-scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I've been chomping at the bit to talk to you about about this since yesterday, since I called you on the phone yesterday. Yeah, no, everything's fine. Oh, look at that. Harrison is starting to learn um, um, audio, audio management, audio, um, audio engineering. And he was just looking at the PV board and it was just like, wait a minute, if you're going to be playing audio for Jay later on, like, shouldn't you have the volume turned up and unmute that channel? What, what What's wrong with you? Are you stupid, Dad? Oh, don't answer that question. Mom already gave me the answer. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, do you? Oh, do you want? I do, approve of this. Do you wait? Do you want? Do you want to like chime in? Do you want me to keep your microphone on so you can make comments? No, you're good. All right. All right. I'll 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 mute your mic then. Oh, it already is. Um. Uh, I, so I'm I'm Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles, and this is my co-host and one of my best friends in the entire world, Jason Cousineau. Uh, 
and we are recording this live in southern New Hampshire and what is it, central Utah? Uh, northern Utah. Northern Utah. And we've been doing this this podcast. We've been doing the website since 2004 and we've been doing the podcast for more than 10 years. And I think this is the most consistent streak that, that, that we've had with the podcast. And um, it's a lot like NPR, where it's, it's listener-supported, listener-funded. And, but it mostly, it, it, we're kept online with the sale of t-shirts and coffee mugs from Zazzle, some of our Patreons on patreon.com. Is it patrons or Patreons? Patreons. Okay. And um, once in a while, people will send donations, a buck or two here and there via PayPal. Okay. And the rest, we pay our, out of our own pocket. No, nobody is funding us. No, nobody else is funding us. But I read the funniest accusation, Jay, from somebody yeah. here in New Hampshire that says that the, or, the Fedora Chronicles is a Fox News outlet. We are. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I mean, you'd think we'd have, you know, paychecks or something if we were an outlet. For them and i don't recall us posting very many if any links to anything from fox news i try to avoid so if, yeah yeah if, so i mean if we're if if we are an outlet for fox news we're a pretty awful one we are <laughs> you know what as a matter of fact that's that is actually going to be the subheading here uh, i'm gonna write this down if we are an effect affiliate of Fox Fox News we are a pretty lousy one so yeah I'm not I'm not sure if it's somebody who is in um, Congresswoman's uh, uh, Congresswoman Annie Custer's campaign staff or just one of her sycophants um I'm trying to narrow down um, who this person is who accused us of being a Fox News affiliate or we yeah. are a subsidiary of Fox News. Because it's funny because liberals will accuse us of something sim similar, like we're, we're um, a disinformation organization right? Well, for, for liberals. And they'll also bitch about Fox complaining about or uh, Trump complaining about fake news. Right, so. right. Because the thing is, is that when we say something awful about, well, it's not awful. Well, I guess it is. If I make fun of the way that Donald Trump, point of view. if I make fun of the way that Donald Trump talks and the way he proclaims everything is awesome, um, somehow I, I'm disloyal to the president. I make fun of everybody. I mock everybody in politics and in the media when they deserve it. Every, mm -hmm. every everybody, everybody has been the benefactor i think it is the benefactor if you're receiving it from me you're the benefactor no yes. yeah yeah benefactor everybody on both sides of the aisle have been recipients of my venom and sarcasm yeah and it and i think it's 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 amazing the accusations that people make about the fedora chronicles based on one post that i make you and i have yeah. been making fun of donald trump and being very critical of donald trump for at least 
four years, at least at least since he's um, started his campaign. And the truth is, what people don't know is we've been picking on him since well before that. Oh, sure. Um, and I, I, I think the, at the height of his career, the height of his popularity was when he was doing the show Apprentice. Yes. Because there are things, and the, there's things about Donald Trump that I, and I'm going to say this, and I know it's going to be misconstrued. I admire the way Donald Trump is shameless and he has no edit button and he and yeah he says whatever he wants and he's able to get away with it and when you demand an apology he will kind of like scoff and say yeah okay i guess i'm sorry does that make you feel better it's it's a, a, a apology non-apology and not like the politician non-apology where they're like, I'm sorry you're offended. He doesn't – he honestly does not give a fuck and he's only saying I'm sorry because someone told him he should probably say he's sorry. It's more like, okay, you want me to apologize? All right. I'm sorry your mother and your father raised a loser, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're a pussy. I'm sorry, okay? I said I'm sorry you're a bad person. You have no spine. That's how he apologizes. And I, I, I can dislike him for that and yet still admire how he's been able to get ahead in life being so shameless. And I'm not saying that that's, it, that, that's not a role model. He's not a role model for doing that. Yeah. And of course, somebody's going to take that out of context. It says, Eric Fisk says that he admires Donald Trump because he's shameless. He's a Trumpet. Eric Fisk is a Trumper because he says he admired him. Okay, you'll, they'll take it out of context, I promise you. Oh, of course. God, I fucking hate people. <sighs> and, I, and I might probably hate myself most of all because of what I did to myself yesterday. Oh, what'd you do? Well, um, it, it's show prep for this show. <laughs> <laughs> you hate yourself for the show prep. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know. I, I, well, I got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you're a glutton for punishment. Right. I'm, I, and the thing is, I did it for you, the listener. I did it for you. Um, I'm sure that's a good enough excuse, dude. What I are mean, we? Yeah. We're talking about the fact that you actually listened slash watched the debate twice. Yes. Yes. And that's just. That's just not healthy. Yeah. I mean, I sat through it once and was like, are you fucking kidding me? Now, I, I will admit, in the beginning, I thought Chris Wallace was doing a good job as a moderator because he was he was pushing both the candidates. He was asking them pretty hard questions. And then he stopped. Right. And then there was way too much chummy chumminess going on between him and Biden. Yeah. And I was like, and Wait a second. And I have some audio clips that I'm going to play later on. I we're not going and to. You know he's. Yeah. And you know he's done a bad job when people on, you know, CNN, are t are saying, "Wow, dude, seriously." Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's just. Yeah. What? So the thing is, is that the biggest news story. I think it was either Sunday night or Monday morning was all about Trump's taxes, 
Trump's taxes were front and center on everybody's mind. The New York Times released a a two or three part series on Trump's taxes. And you read the headline and you read the first couple of paragraphs and it, it's pretty damning. And that Donald Trump has done everything that he possibly could to not pay taxes. And he's million dollars in debt. Maybe he's up to half a billion dollars in debt. And he has no assets to speak of, blah, blah, blah. And then you read the rest of the article. You go deeper into the article. You actually read the entire article published by the New York Times. You know that that far, far, far right-wing fascist publication that champions Donald Trump, the, the, the New York Times, that radical right-wing pub- publication. By the way, that's sarcasm. Yeah. They go on to detail on all of Trump's finances that they can get their hold on. And the thing is, is that his finances aren't nearly as bad as, as you go deeper into it. He's still playing fast and loose and playing reckless games with the tax law. Right, but that's the way he is. That's who he is. Yeah. And you you would have thought that all the people who are talking about how Trump is bankrupt and how he owes all of these all these people all this money, you would have thought that they would have read the rest of the article or more than just the first article. There are a lot of things no. they I, Come on. And I'm not kidding when you I want say people this. People actually read the articles? Yeah. That they that they quote the hell's wrong with you, dude? This is 2020. We, we don't read articles. We do it. We do it here on this website all the time. Like we actually read all the articles. That's one of the reasons yeah. why the show is sometimes late, is because we read the articles. And in these articles, there are a lot of things that should be making you scratch your head and say, "There's something not right about Donald Trump," and there's not something not right about the way he runs his organizations. And he has all of these assets, all these solid assets that he could liquefy and pay off a lot of his debts and his tax bill. He would, he would rather drag out a fight with the IRS for more than a decade and screw himself rather than just pay it off and not have to deal with it anymore. Right, which says a lot about who he is as a person which is, if anyone's been paying attention, they should have been able to figure out, and that is he'll do anything to advantage, to that is to his advantage, regardless of anything. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I gleaned out of these articles is that he, he loves a fight with the, with the most vulnerable people and the most powerful. He's not, uh, he's not afraid to pick a fight with the IRS so he can say he picked a fight with the IRS and won. Even, whether he wins or not, it does, it's, it, that, that fact is, is regardless or regardless exactly. of the truth. It's completely irrelevant. He doesn't care. If he actually wins. He'll, he'll always say he won. Yeah. And that everyone loved it. Yeah. Um, but, that was, uh, that, so that was, that was the biggest story leading up to Tuesday morning before the debate. And Jay and I are recording this on October 1st, 2020. Happy Halloween month. Um, yes. Because there are some people here in the country who celebrate Halloween all month long. 
Um, that was the biggest story, meaning Trump's taxes, until Tuesday morning. And there was all this speculation about what was going to happen during the debate that was supposed to happen Tuesday night, which it which occurred. As you should know by now, there was a debate. <laughs> there was a debate. Yes. <laughs> and um, for those of us who have actually been paying attention to all of this, you should not be surprised with what happened. No. Though, um, you know what? I take, the, I take that back. One caveat. Joe Biden was far more articulate and put together. And well, see, now here's the problem with that is that there's already people on the right who have, oh, we'll go with found uh, pictures on C-SPAN of Joe Biden allegedly having a um, a wire. Right. So supposedly, according to these folks, and I'm not saying I agree with them, also not saying I disagree with them because I don't know. Um, supposedly, these, these folks are saying that Joe Biden was wearing a wire and he was being coached the entire time. And honestly, if he was, that would not surprise me. That's not to say I don't think Joe Biden is capable of having a debate. No, wait. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's exactly what I'm saying is I'm I'm not entirely sure that Joe Biden is capable of getting into a debate at this stage without having some form of help. Yeah. I'm not saying that I know for sure that Joe Biden was or wasn't wearing a wire. Um, a lot of people say that he was wearing his son's rosaries, which is fine, which is, I mean, of course. I've now, never known rosaries that you wear, you know, around your chest and your wrist, but okay. Uh, let me think. Let's see. W that would be two sets of rosaries. They're not that big. I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy for fuck's sake. And I wasn't molested, which goes to show you I'm a minority. Wrist rosaries. There is such a thing. Yeah, you can wear them on your chest, but they're not long enough to reach from your chest all the way down your arm to your wrist. There's like rosaries. Apparently, there's rosaries that are supposed to be like like a um, rosary on your wrist bracelet, bracelet style rosary. So, I mean, there yeah, is again, there is a, there is such a thing. There is such a thing, but it doesn't go all the way down your wrist, all the way down your arm to your wrist. That's not a thing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, Joe Biden did unusually well considering how he's been behaving in public on interviews and the like. And it is awfully suspicious to those of us who are aware of that, yeah. that he was able to perform so well in the debate. I mean, but honestly, don't know if he was having artificial help from the outside don't know that can't say 100% whether he was or wasn't so he was well here's what i wrote down let me see if i can find this here because i wrote a lot I, I you haven't seen the show page and i i actually wrote a commentary to go with this and it was going to be a monologue but then i thought i would save it for when you and i um did uh did this show the thing about Joe Biden that I heard when I was only listening to the debate was that Joe Biden sounded very t 
tired and he 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 couldn't sort of raise his voice above a hushed whisper. Um, he sounded yeah, but very I old and tired. See, here's here's my problem with that. I agree with you. I agree with you. But was that because he's tired, or was that because he was coached that way? There, he doesn't. He makes Trump look more unhinged by doing that because he really did. I don't he know. He made Trump look worse by not raising his voice, by not engaging in the same manner. His, if you take that out of it, that sort of audible clue out of yeah. it, though, he was every bit as disrespectful to Trump as Trump was to him. Oh, and I was going to mention Even that. Even though Trump yeah. never... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, if For people who have read his book, and I'm amazed by the number of people who claim to have read the book that Donald Trump, quote, co-wrote, unquote, with a ghostwriter. And Donald Trump talks about how you, quote, negotiate, unquote, with people you don't like and you don't want to give them an inch and you don't let them get a word in edgewise and you talk all over them. And you make it sound as if you do not have time to talk to them. You are really busy and you're, you're about ready to leave at any minute. You keep them constantly defensive. You constantly leave them in a state of defensiveness throughout the entire, quote, negotiation, unquote. And you let them know that you mean business, but you don't mean to do business with them. This meeting is just a mere formality. You've already made up your mind and you're not going to do business with them. And the goal is to get them to meet your concessions and whittle away their own expectations of what they are expecting in advance. You, you get them on the defensive you get the, them agitated at the same time, get them to lower their expectations of themselves because, oh my God, gee whiz, I'm talking to Donald Trump and he hasn't, doesn't have time for me. Um, how can I get his attention so um, we can, we can get this deal. I, I, I know I'll, I'll, I'll negotiate at a, at a, at a lower, lower level for starters. If you know, he's doing that. You could turn it around on him and says, okay, you don't have time for this meeting. Okay. And walk out. And then at the right. second meeting, you have a better negotiating platform or starting point. That's if you've read, right. if you, and if you read his book, how to think like a millionaire, he expands on this to, to some extent. Um, that's exactly what he did during this debate. It's, it's great for when you're negotiating with somebody in, yeah. in construction or real estate or whatever. It's horrible for politics. Right. And it's exactly what he did. He went in there and he was, he, he was very disrespectful to not only Joe Biden, but to Chris Wallace. Do we want to talk about? Yeah. Do we want to talk about Chris right. Wallace for a second or go ahead? You're about to say something. Well, no, we can. No, go ahead. I, I originally thought Chris Wallace did a good job. That was my first impression. Right. And then as I was thinking about it through the day, I was like, you know what, though? 
I don't remember him telling Joe Biden to shut up once. You know, and I was thinking, was it just me? Am I because I do lean more conservative. So I was trying to figure out, is that just my impression? Because I more align politically with Donald Trump, even though I don't like the guy, I tend to align with him more because I am a, a conservative person. You know, so I was trying to evaluate my evaluation, if you will. I was right. trying to figure out, you know, is this was it as bad as I thought kind of a thing. Right. And that's when I went online because I was hoping to get just clips of the debate. Right. And first thing I saw when I when I used DuckDuckGo was this Twitter feed of people who are in the news media all saying what a disgraceful performance he gave, me and Chris, Chris Wallace. So I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't me. But at the same time, in the beginning at least, I do recall, because I even made a comment um, to to you in the in the chat room that we have, um, that he seemed to be pushing them both. But yeah. it seems like, and I don't know if it's because he got tired of Donald Trump's shit and he is a Democrat, so he he's naturally for Joe Biden. I think in the beginning, I think he had good intentions in the beginning, and he honestly intended to push them both because he did push. He did ask Joe Biden about Hunter. You know. It wasn't like he was asking softball questions of Joe Biden and asking nothing but challenging questions of Trump. He did ask Joe Biden a lot of the tough questions that, frankly, I was a little surprised he asked. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, it didn't take long before he didn't give a happy fuck anymore. And he was like, you know, fuck you, Trump. You're, you keep interrupting me. You keep interrupting Joe. Right. Um, but again, Joe was interrupting, you know, and when you, when you're a Democrat and you've got CNN fact checking what you say and saying, yeah, you lied through your damn teeth, you know, that's not good because they are nominally on your side. They are. So yeah, that's just, I, that's, those are my thoughts anyway. Before I talk about the first audio clip, I want to ask the question. How come Donald Trump was not allowed to finish a sentence without being interrupted by Joe Biden and Chris Wallace in regards to the, the Senate report that was released last week and was the cornerstone of our, our most recent episode before this one? Why is it that whenever Donald Trump brought up the the Hunter Biden, Burisma, and corruption, the impact on United States government policy and related concerns um, report that was released by the Senate last Tuesday. Not, not meaning yesterday, meaning um, just before we, re we, we recorded the episode on December 25th. I'm trying to figure out, looking at the calendar here. We recorded on the 25th, that was on the 22nd. It was released on the 22nd. Right. It's not, it's, it's not a difficult question. And D it's a valid question. It's a valid question. Now, we, we pretty much talked about this for an hour. Yep. Talking about the bad optics, 
surrounding Hunter Biden and Burisma and the Donald Trump asking for an investigation into Hunter Biden's activities in the Ukraine and how it relates to Joe Biden is the reason why Donald Trump was impeached. Donald Trump asked for an investigation into misconduct that was being done or allegedly being done by a political rival. What exactly was Hunter Biden doing in the Ukraine to earn a couple of million dollars in salary? That's not. It's a a valid question. And he was impeached for it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Was he was that the only reason why he was impeached? Because in part, as I recall, he was impeached just because he was Donald Trump. Well, sure, but the, but and he's an ass and all that other kind of shit. But if what you're <clears throat> as I'm as I'm understanding your question, you're asking, was he impeached at least in part because he was looking too closely into Hunter Biden's activities? I've got a. I got to say, I, I doubt that very much for one reason and one reason alone. I don't think Joe Biden has that level of pull. I really don't. I don't think he does. I think there are a lot of, there's enough people in Washington, D.C., in the Beltway that honestly could give a fuck if Hunter Biden is doing something illegal. And when I say that, I, I mean that they honestly do not care. He could be doing something illegal. He could be doing something perfectly legal. They, they honestly do not care. So they're not going to go out of their way. They're not going to push themselves in any way, shape, or form to either prosecute or defend him. I want to read this. I just I just did a quick search. This is off of Wikipedia. Take it with a grain of salt. Trump's impeachment mm-hmm. came after a formal House inquiry alleged that he had solicited forward interference in the 2020 presidential election to help his re-election bid, then obstructed the inquiry itself by telling his administration officials to ignore subpoenas for documents and testimony. The inquiry reported that Trump withheld military aid and an invitation to the White House to Ukrainian President Zelensky in order to influence Ukraine to announce an investigation into Trump's political opponent, Joe Biden, and promote a discredited... Wait a second, wait a second. Wait, hold on, hold on, back up. What election? The 2020 election. This election. This election. This this election. So so the fact that he was impeached really early this year... Yes. ...is because he was trying to do something to affect the outcome of the election we are currently going through. Sure. Does that make any logical sense? No, no, not to me. Not to me. Um, and there- so that's what Wikipedia, the Wikipedia article is saying that he was impeached because he was trying to do something on an election that was in its infancy. Right. Against a potential rival who has a, well, let's be honest, a easily maligned history with women so yeah so i just that on the face of it makes no sense to me whatsoever donald first of all yeah why would trump yeah why would donald trump do that because the thing is is, would anyone do that because let's just be honest back in december of last year 
and January of this year, we were all waiting for for Joe Biden to withdraw. We were waiting for him to quit the race because he was doing so poorly. Yep. Joe Biden's campaign was a joke nine months ago. There was there there was no way Joe Biden was ever going to catch up to Pete Buttigieg, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden was trailing in the polls. His name Booker was also involved. Yeah. So why would Donald Trump throw away his political career by by starting an investigation into somebody who had little to no chance of being the party nominee. Why would he do that? Yeah. Unless you, unless some schmuck, but rewind to the beginning of this episode where we said Donald Trump likes to pick fights with other rich and powerful people because so he can say that he, he, he can and he did and he's doing. That's why he does what he does a lot of the time by my own admission. He picks fights because that's what he does. But, right, but it, this is not a fight that makes any sense to me. And he and he was most of the all right. So, go ahead. All right. So on the surface, it looks like he was impeached because he demanded and muscled his way into an investigation into Hunter Biden's foreign dealings and how Hunter Biden exploited his father's role as vice president of the United States when, when Joe Biden was the quote point man unquote in fighting corruption in the Ukraine and also the point man for China as well. I don't want to get into the other riding of the dragon aspect of this quite yet. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's something I don't understand. I honestly don't understand. And again, I have a, Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't understand. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Go saying. For it. Okay. I'm not saying shit. Go ahead. I followed this impeachment from beginning to end. And admittedly, I don't like Donald Trump very much. And I wanted to see exactly what is it that they had on him that was a crime, as it were. Let's go back a couple of decades into the last century when Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton had secured copies of their rivals' FBI records. Highly illegal, highly unethical. These were confidential FBI files, and they were digging dirt on their political rivals using the FBI. That was an impeachable offense. Nothing ever came of it. Now, if what the Clintons did by illegally obtaining FBI files on their political rivals for no other reason than political, then how is what Donald Trump did a crime? And he and, it's and Donald that, Trump that did it. It's Donald Trump that did it. Now, let's also say that all the other things like the obstruction of, of justice and where Donald Trump had basically said, uh, yeah, screw him. Uh, don't say a word. Don't say a word. Um, no, that's justifiable. If Donald Trump was any kind of a man and had any ounce of integrity, what he would have said 
is this is what's going on. He should have said, this is what I see going on in the Ukraine. I have questions about what happened with Hunter Biden and the Ukraine and Burisma. If he was honest about it, and if he came right out and said, this concerns me and should concern all Americans, he would have won people over. Instead, he had to play these these sneaky, shady games. Right. Well, that's again, that's Donald Trump. That's how he operates. Good, bad or indifferent. That's just how he operates. And I think it's pretty obvious you and I you both think that it's a bad thing that he operates that way. Yeah. But regardless, that's that's him. That's who he is. That's how he does things. That's how he goes about doing what he does. Um, I don't think it's a good thing. I think, honestly, it's asinine and not even remotely close to an honorable way of, of going about politics in general, but that is how he does it. And apparently some people like it. It's who and what he is. It's what he does. It is. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure if we're getting ahead of ourselves here. This gets to the heart of what you and I were talking about. This is exactly like when we were talking about how Donald Trump was not allowed to finish a sentence. Donald Trump was not allowed to finish a thought when he brought this up. And Chris Wallace couldn't help himself but by trying to stop Donald from from talking about it. Let's let's have a listen. Let's and I'll be amazed if this works without a hitch. The mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista none to of deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None of that is true. Not an answer. If not, none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally he didn't get three and a half million. Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a half President, it is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh. President, you, it's a, it's an open discussion. Please, no, you, you, it's a fact. Well, there's, you have raised an issue. Let the Vice totally President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay him 183,000 a month with, with no it, experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did, Mr. President. The only guy that let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? The media. By everybody. Well, by the media, media, by our allies, by the World Bank. That's the quote, ironically, that CNN said, no, that's that's an actual falsehood. It has not been discredited by anybody. I want to read this. No one has discredited that. Um, Everybody everybody can agree that... um, the Washington Times is not a conservative publication, right? They should be able to, but it depends. If they say something pro-Trump, they're all of a sudden always been uh, pro-conservative. But, but no, 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 seriously, no joking. Yeah. The Washington yeah. Times is most famous for bringing down Richard Nixon by the, because of their reporting into Watergate. A- am I right or wrong? No, you're right. Okay. Treasury reports rebut Biden's, quote, totally false, unquote, claim about Hunter's cash haul. Democratic presidential nominee Joseph R. Biden flatly denied at Tuesday night's debate that his lawyer's, his lawyer's son took large sums of money 
from corrupt oligarchs and Chinese communists during his vice presidency. But the Treasury Department reports show that Hunter Biden did receive money. President Trump chose to make an issue of Hunter Biden's cash haul from Russia, Ukraine, and China, with the implications that unsavory figures were trying to buy Vice President Biden and Obama administration. Quote, when somebody gets $2.5 million from the mayor of Moscow, unquote, Mr. Trump said. Mr. Trump, is it... That's not what he said. Hold on. That's not what he said. If you listen to... We just played the clip, Jay. What we just... Yeah. Heard what Trump said was the tr- the mayor of Moscow's wife. Well, let's just hey, um, the Washington Times um, corrects the record. A Senate Republican report by the Homeland Security and Document Governmental Affairs Committee say Mr. Trump is right, though it was not Moscow's mayor but his wife, whom the U.S. suspects of corruption in attaining billionaire status. Hunter Biden received a single wire transfer of $3.5 million from Elena Baturania, I believe is how you pronounce her name. The Senate report said she became a billionaire through illegal construction contracts awarded by her husband since deceased. This is based on Treasury Department reports received by committee chairman Ron Johnson, Wisconsin Republican, and Senate Finance Committee chairman Charles E. Grassley, Iowa Republican. The Senate narrative is not specific, but the types of transaction records match description of confidential suspicious activity reports that the Treasury issues when it suspects illegal activity. Senate report says on February 14th, 2014, happy Valentine's Day, Batarina wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton, LLC, bank account for a, quote, consultancy arrangement. Rosemont Seneca Thornton is an investment firm co-founded by Hunter Biden that was incorporated on May 28, 2013 in Delaware, uh, Wilmington, Delaware. The only thing suspicious in any of that is that it was a it was all a Republican thing. That's the only thing that would be suspicious about that. The fact that the Republicans have the Senate and and they get to decide who are committee chairs right um over the now here jump ahead later on here the next month hunter biden showed up on the board of directors of the energy company burisma holdings which the state department considers corrupt as it does its oligarch owner zolevsky hunter biden's business partner devin archer already had a already had security spot over the years Burisma paid the two more than four million dollars treasury records show that 48 wire transfers from may 2014 to february 2016 totaled 3.4 million dollars the money went to rosemont seneca bohai a shell company run by mr archer in a partnership with a chinese investment fund 
This is this is the most damaging part, I think. In 2014 and 2015, Burisma sent $700,000 directly to Hunter Biden after Mr. Archer was arrested on fraud charges. Remember, Mr. Archer is Hunter Biden's business partner. After Mr. Archer was arrested on fraud charges, Burisma sent Hunter another $752,000. On China, Vice President Biden promoted closer ties to the communist regime on many fronts. He traveled to China in 2013 on Air Force Two and took along Hunter, who met with Chinese businessmen. This is not a liberal publication. This is, yeah, this is a liberal publication. Yeah. This is a publication that takes great joy and pleasure in going after Republicans. And they published this story. Right. Which, first of all, kudos to them for actually publishing this story instead of burying it like they could have done. Right. Um, but also on top of it. God damn. This, I mean, that's a damning piece. That I, is a very damning piece. Oh, it is. And I'm debating. So, yeah. Well, it, well, here's the thing. This is politics, right? Just the fact that his business partner is now in jail for fraud would be enough for if it was a Democrat, for if it was a Republican who had these charges against them. That would be enough for that entire thing to be written off as completely invalid, totally corrupt, right? Let's be honest; it would. Let's and and, and by the way, let, let's just be honest here. This does this does not make Donald Trump a good person. This does not exonerate Donald Trump of any wrongdoing whatsoever, because over right. the past couple of of years, I have been saying that there. It, there's the illusion or the optics of nepotism and corruption within Trump's White House by appointing family members into cabinet positions. Right. And, and, and there should be further investigations into Donald Trump and possible um, violations of, of the emoluments clause in the Constitution, I'm I'm the first right. one. I'm the first one to. Say, and by what Trump supporters, who seem to believe that Donald Trump can do no wrong, actually say that? That's what I'd like to know. Well, if they're being honest, they should. But you know, they really don't. So this this whole thing. This do we want to play this whole we, yet again? No, I don't want to play more of the bait, dude. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I do have I do have a, a, a another clip that I wanted to play, um, okay. and I I, I don't. Right, well, let me let you me just say this, thought. and then we'll yeah. I I to me the debate last night highlighted everything that is wrong with this election. How the hell did we end up with these two idiots? How did we end up with these two idiots? In part, it was because Google fucking with the results for Tulsi Gabbard after her standout performance in 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 early debate they stifled because they didn't they didn't want her as the candidate so we ended up with joe biden down the road they 
couldn't possibly have known that that was going to be the end result at the time. If they had, I don't know that they would have done anything different. But that is part of the how we got to where we are with these two jokers as our potentials for president. Okay? Because you had Cory Booker, he dropped out. You had Elizabeth Warren, she dropped out. And I felt she dropped out a little early, to that, be honest that, with you. That, to me, seemed thought, a little weird. Yeah, because she had... She seemed to have a lot more support than would justify her getting out when she did. So someone somewhere had a talking with her is the only thing I can figure. Um, but regardless, you know, you had she dropped out. Kamala Harris dropped out. You had a lot of people that were in the beginning. And then it was weird because it was like a month when they started dropping like flies all of a sudden bam everyone was gone and it was essentially joe biden and donald trump there are a lot of people who when they quit the race i it, for me it was it was shocking it was shocking to see um like like pete Buttigieg when he dropped out of the race that to, that to me was shocking i'm trying to find yeah because go ahead yeah because no because he they seemed like they had decent momentum behind them. So why the hell did they drop out? That I don't understand. I'm looking for another audio clip that I that I posted in the, the group chat. Hello, my name is Howie Hawkins, the Green Party's nominee for president of the United States. Alongside Angela Walker, my running mate, we're the only campaign that will be on the ballot in November that supports progressive and people-first policies. I'm reaching out to Bernie Sanders supporters who have been left with a miserable choice between two corporate candidates. A couple of points. Number one, Bernie Sanders was cheated by the Democratic Party in the corporate media. In 2016, Bernie Sanders was targeted by the DNC leadership as exposed in WikiLeaks. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who worked for the Clinton campaign in 2008, was placed as chairwoman of the Democratic Party. Some don't know, but Brazil, who was brought in to clean up the mess before the Democratic Convention, revealed that Clinton actually had a contract with the Democratic National Committee before the primaries had begun, where Clinton controlled the fundraising, staffing, press releases, and so forth. She held the technical power of being the nominee before a single vote was even cast. In 2020, Barack Obama and the Democratic establishment got together to keep Sanders from the nomination after he won the first three primaries, which had never been done before in Democratic primary history. The mainstream media poured $100 million worth of free positive coverage for the then broke Biden campaign after South Carolina. At that time, Biden hadn't even set foot in a Super Tuesday state for over a month leading up to that election. Biden ran an incompetent campaign. He didn't win because of himself. He won because they cheated. Here's my point. The Democrats cheated you twice, and they think you're gonna vote for them again anyway. Join with our campaign so that we can continue the political revolution started by Bernie Sanders, who I've known since the 1970s. Together, we can and we will pose an alternative to the Democratic Party. We can and we will push for Medicare for all, a Green New Deal, rebuilding the middle class, 
legalizing marijuana and providing economic opportunity for all. My name is Howie Hawkins, and I approve this message. Go ahead. I mean, that's an awesome ad. It really that's is. That's an awesome ad, right? But at the same time, last night during the debate, I, I forget who said it. Uh, Biden said that um, he was not for the Green Deal, but it's all over his website. Right. If you go to Bernie, if you go to, to Biden's website for his campaign, the New Deal is all over it. It is all over it. You and I actually commented yeah. on this previously, where it's like, okay, well, what the hell's going on here? I thought, you know, the New Deal was a laughing stock because honestly, it really kind of is. You know, even the more liberal side of the political aisle did not like the Green Deal. And now it's all over Biden's campaign site. What the hell? But that being said, he said he was not for it last night. And now the Green Party candidates are trying to trying to take Bernie supporters, which is going to hurt Biden. Let's be honest. And they're trying to swing them over to that side of the aisle, which makes sense for them because Bernie's supporters should be pissed. They should be fucking livid right now. And they don't we haven't really heard from them. And I think what's happening is you've got such a strong anti-Trump sentiment that you're going to have a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters pinching their nose and voting for Joe Biden because they don't feel they have another choice. They don't honestly think that the Green Party is actually going to win the presidency. And in, in a uh, discussion on Facebook, of all places, I actually mentioned that, you know, you know, people keep talking about third parties and how it's a great idea, but it's never going to happen unless it starts happening at the at the base level, at the root level. Yeah. You know, if you're not voting for a third party candidate in your state, then why the hell do you think they're going to be able to do anything? Why do you think they have a chance of winning if they become president? Well, here's the here's the thing. There's two other things that I wanted to address here. Mm -hmm. Um. While I, while I still have the chance, because I, I'm going to have to actually wrap this up. Yeah. The biggest problem that Donald Trump had during the debate is that when he was asked to denounce racism and he had that sort of like that gaffe, he would not just come right out and, and denounce the Proud Boys for, well, for you know, hold, now, yeah, go ahead. You, go ahead. Okay. Well, the. I have a tr I have I have a problem with that because the way he answered that was so fucking smarmy, right? Um, if if you do if you look at the clip of Chris Wallace asking Donald Trump, do you denounce um, you know do you denounce racism white do you not denounce white supremacy? Trump says sure, yes, but it doesn't sound like he's saying yes I denounce white supremacy it sounds like he's saying okay sure what are you gonna say you know what i mean and i struggle with that because i mean how fucking difficult is it to say yeah white supremacy is evil and then he asked name a group name a group the proud boys right why would why would you ask specifically for a group that that i don't think that's a gap i think that's trump trying to be manipulative because he knows the proud boys are 
for better or worse, they're going to push votes and they're going to push people to go and vote right. for him. So I think he was trying to say, yeah, I denounced racism. Yeah, I denounced the Proud Boys while not actually denouncing either. So he really, both sides. He really you know, he, that up. He's trying to play both sides. He, and he fucked it up. He really, really honestly messed that moment up badly. Um, and it's being played, rightfully so, on Facebook that Donald Trump will not denounce racism. And that's the reason why you need to vote for Joe Biden, because um, Donald Trump would not denounce racism. In doing the show prep, or doing the show, and I'm not going to play the clips because we're running out of time. Um, one of the biggest things that people had against Joe Biden during the primary was his inherent racism and the racist things that he had said in the 46 years plus that he's been in office. Joe Biden has made racist remarks and he has surrounded himself by racists his entire campaign. And he's made excuses for... Um, what's what's the the former grand wizard clan member um, uh bird what, what's what's bird's first name uh, hell i don't know senator bird let's Sen- find out so while you're looking up that th- he made excuses for 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 racists robert bird robert bird senator robert bird yep and joe biden also has said things like uh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. That's a disqualifying remark if you're a Republican. But it's okay because, you know, Joe Biden, you know, he, he didn't mean it that way. You no, know, of course not. Joe Biden has made racist remarks all of his career. Let's also throw in the fact that Joe Biden lied about his college career. One of the, one of the links that we have in the show notes is that the University of Delaware has no record of Joe Biden being a student there. Which Trump actually brought up as well. You got a degree from a university that you can't even remember. Right. That's one of the other things. Trump's got some good hits in, but then because he fucked up on the racist question, none of it's going to play. No. None of it's going to see any play at all. Donald Trump should be lucky and grateful that we're, we're talking about it. Right. Because we're not even supporters. Right, <laughs> <laughs> shit. But one of the things that I wanted to say... <laughs> I, even after this, I don't think either one of us are either one of us are going to vote for him. No, and here's the surprising thing, and this is how I'm going to wrap up the show. After the debate, and everybody had universally agreed that the debate was awful. Yeah. Okay? Universally. The only people who say that Donald Trump won or Joe Biden won are people who are so in the tank for either one of them. After the debate, people went and checked out third-party candidates. Joe Jorgensen's site had so many hits and so many visits, their server crashed. So So many people are looking for an alternative to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, two elderly, seemingly racist candidates over the age of 70 who have the stench of corruption all over them. How is it that in in this country, with more than 300 million people in it, these are the two best candidates that we have? That makes no sense at all. It makes... No, and 
and, and you and I both know it's not because they're the best candidates we have. It's because they're the ones who percolated through the process, which goes to show you how fucked up the process is. If the process ended up where we got these two assholes as our presidential candidates, that means the process itself is fundamentally flawed. And in this case, I'm willing to say that it's not just the parties at this point. Google had a big factor in that. I think if Tulsi Gabbard had been allowed to get the traffic that she earned through her performance, we would be looking at a completely different race. I don't, I want to make it clear, I don't believe Tulsi Gabbard would be the Democrat candidate. I really don't. Because too many people in the Democrat Party don't like her. Right. And not, has nothing to do with her politics, by the way. It has everything to do with the fact that she took a stand against the party. And that's why she's blacklisted. Especially against Hillary Clinton. I don't think she'd be the candidate. Right. But I don't think she's, I don't think she would have been the presidential candidate, but other candidates would have had more of an opportunity. And I don't think Joe Biden would be the guy who's vote, who's the Democrat party candidate. I think it would be very different if we were looking at a, a Senator Warren versus Donald Trump debate. It would be a very, very different animal. Part of the problem with the debate is that you saw two guys who are frankly past their intellectual prime getting in into a pissing match and acting like children. And that's why so many people are entertaining third parties right now. Yeah. It's because they looked at both of these jokers and they're like, there's literally very little difference. One's kind of fat with a bad weave and the other guy's kind of balding and thin. Yeah. And both of them are awful. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. They're that, horrible people. They're, it's shocking to me how awful these two are. It's shocking. It's shocking and disgusting to see how dreadful Donald Trump and Joe Biden are. And I posted this a couple of times on Facebook and Twitter, and I and I, the reaction I got was a little startling. I never thought it was possible that I could hate Joe Biden as much as I did, and I was wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm used I'm used to Donald Trump being as bad as he is. I've acclimated to that. I forgot how horrible of a human being Joe Biden is. And everything in that debate reminded me of everything that I dislike about Joe Biden and everything that I despised about Joe Biden during the primary. Joe Biden stole the primary and he had it given to him by people like Tom Perez. If the Democrats lose the White House or fail to take back the White House this November. It's people like Tom Perez that you're going to have to look at and realize he's the reason why Donald Trump is back in office. Because Donald Trump seems to be doing everything he possibly can to throw the election. I don't think he wants to be president anymore. I think he wants to go to Mar-a-Lago and, and never be heard from again. Well, he, he will be heard from again. Sure. Because um, he can't possibly he can't help himself. Too big. He can't possibly uh, stay out of the landline. Joe Biden doesn't even have a ground game. Joe Biden is depending on disenfranchised Republicans to give him the White House. And Joe Biden is doing everything he can to alienate people who would otherwise be on his side. He's not energizing his base. I saw an article yesterday yeah. where that's one thing that 
they were like, what the hell is going on with Joe Biden? He's not energizing his base. He's going to lose the same problem that Joe Biden has is the same problem Hillary Clinton had. They think that they're going to win the flyover states because Donald Trump is so bad. And that's it's it's not going to happen. Right. They, they're assuming they have votes they haven't earned is what it boils down to. They really they honestly believe they know that everyone in, you know, whatever the blue states are going to vote for them. And they haven't done anything to earn those votes. They really haven't. I don't it, it's, I anyone who says they know how this election is going to turn out is either deluding themselves or they're deluding whoever they're talking to. Or they know how I don't the, think anyone's any idea. Or they know how the deep state is going to rig it. No, even then, I don't think I mean that I, I don't think anyone knows. You know, they they think they know, but the truth of the matter is as much as you as much as you really kind of rail against the deep state. The truth is the deep state is largely reactionary and not so much manipulative. And I, I know we, we pretty much disagree on this, but right. I don't see the deep state being a great manipulator in this particular instance. I see them being reactionary because the deep state can't reveal itself. Yeah. Hey, Jay, can I just put you on hold just for one second? There's something I need to do real quick. Sure. All right. I'll be back in a moment. Just because Eric's probably still recording and he's not in the room. How can you not see it? I'm back. I had to move the cars. Okay. All right. Um, I thought you were just outside screaming into the cold. Jay, you're a fucking moron. No, I don't think you are a moron. I don't (laughs) think you're a moron. I'm totally teasing you. No, no. Because I want you to be right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to be wrong. And I, I and while I was having breakfast with Carol, I had this horrible thought. What happens if a, a large part of the country riots because of how this election turns out? I'm, pretty, <coughs> I'm kind of assuming that's a foregone conclusion. There's no, I, I have no I doubts. Am. I have no doubts in my mind that if Donald Trump wins another four years, there's going to be violence in the streets. Oh, absolutely. There absolutely is. Because they don't know how to process their emotions. They don't know how to deal with not getting their way. And when I say they, I mean the people who are currently rioting. They don't know how to behave like adults. So, of course, there's going to be riots. Of course, they're going to go, they're going to go ballistic. They're going to blame everyone under the sun. Yeah. In the meantime, most of them will have not voted. And in the meantime... And they'll just be pissed off that no one else, you know, votes like they do. Like, like they, if they, you know, yeah. thought they should have voted. But there's a lot of people who are of the younger generation who are like, oh, fuck it. We're not to Yeah. We're not gonna be accomplished shit because you know it's just anyway. I am now at a hard break. I'm gonna have to let you go and we are gonna actually have a conversation about whether or not we're gonna cover the second debate. 
So, okay. but this is an amazing. Honestly, I've never been more prepared for a show that I never wanted to do. <laughs> Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fedorachronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>